Welcome to the fourth lesson. In the previous lessons, we talked about understanding what stress is, being able to define the stress loop for yourself, that space between stimulus and response where we can recognize and be able to interrupt it, and then widening that space with mindfulness. And we talked about different practices that we could be doing for that. Then we talked about balancing out the sympathetic nervous system with the parasympathetic nervous system, being able to activate that relaxation response. And now we want to talk about how to actually heal the nervous system. I told you that story earlier about when my wife and I first learned of COVID hitting Los Angeles and um, the whole stress loop that I went into. And one of the things that I've known in my life, because I earlier in my life dealt with things like panic attacks and insomnia, and I had a tremendous amount of stress and felt very out of control. Another thing that really drew me eventually to this work, it was because of that pain and suffering that I was drawn to this work around really creating more mastery around my stress. But then I realized I also had to do some work around healing my nervous system. It wasn't just around interrupting or balancing my nervous system, but really about healing it too. And one of the things that I did during that time that I was away and COVID first hit was I recognized that, you know what, hey, this is a tough moment right now. This is a really hard moment for me. So what happens when I do that? It's similar to what we've been talking about. I'm naming it. And then I said to myself, you know, in life, there's tough moments. I'm not alone in this. And I pictured everyone else right now, including my wife who was there who's having that tough moment. And I could tell you literally hundreds of stories that I've been able to kind of work with this. And I'm sharing this this particular formula that's helpful in actually moving towards healing the nervous system. This is a tough moment. In life, there's tough moments. I'm not alone in this. So the question is, and the key question that I asked myself is, what do I really need right now? What's most important to me right now? And that's when I started engaging more mindfulness. That's when I started engaging more of this three-by-three response. That's when I started to sit down and talk to my wife, soften my body, move my body slower. All these things that I've been teaching you through the course of this program, I was using during that time. But these three questions, or these three steps, to be able to widen that space and get to that question, is the key to healing our nervous system. I want to keep it really simple for you so that you can walk away and just begin to apply this in your life to healing your own system. See, there's lots of reasons to stress. We have stress with people in our lives, difficult relationships. We have stress with our work, maybe stress with money. We have stress in the world. There's world stress. We have stress in our body. Maybe there's pain in our body. We have body stress. There are so many reasons that we stress or our brain automatically stresses. So it's upon us to be able to do different things, to be able to bring that blood flow back to the prefrontal region. And another way of doing that is by just naming it. This is a tough moment. In life, there are tough moments. It's also really key. Why is that key? Because we are social beings and we feel the best and most important our nervous system feels the most safe when there's a net to fall into so when i realize that i'm connected here with other people other people uh, have tough moments too it's a part of being human my nervous system calms down 
so I can ask the question, what do I really need right now? There's a man named Matthew Ricard who was a a bioengineer, got his PhD in bioengineering, and immediately after getting that PhD, he realized that's not really what he wanted to do, and he became a monk, and he moved to the Himalayas, and he started to practice meditation, a variety of different types of meditation. And one day, many, many years later, that same man, Richie Davidson, who I had mentioned before, brought him back to his lab at the University of Wisconsin. And he asked him to do a couple different meditations. One was a meditation where he was just present to what's here. It's almost like if you really took time with that three-by-three practice, but you turned it into a five-by-five practice, and you included your sense of smell, and you included... Um, any other senses that were actually there. But he was just being aware of all that's there and just letting it be. He was doing another practice that was a compassion practice, a practice where he was recognizing other people's challenges and in his mind this inclination to want to support them, maybe saying things like, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you feel safe and protected, may you be at peace. And the interesting thing about that, when he hooked him up to all of these different nodes that were scanning his brain, was that they found a massive amount of activity in the left prefrontal region with that compassion meditation. So why do I bring this up to you right now? I bring this up to you because when it comes to healing our nervous system, we have to move from our minds to our hearts. And it's really about engaging our heart, engaging this sense of caring, engaging this sense of understanding what we're needing in that moment, of caring towards ourselves. It's no different than when you see a child in pain or a baby in pain. And, and sometimes it's hard to ignite that, uh, that feeling in us to be able to realize, well, how do I move the feeling towards self-compassion? How do I convey this healing quality of attention when dealing with my own emotional suffering? The key is we need to be able to move and appeal beyond the rational brain. We have to kind of move beyond the brain that we use, the part of our brain that we use so often during the day. We have a whole lot of practice and repetition with our thinking brain. We have to engage the emotional brain. So how do we do this? I want you to picture something right now. What comes up for you when you... In your mind, think of a little child, maybe picture a little girl who's two years old and she's sitting there by herself with tears streaming down her eyes. What do you notice? Do you notice your heart beginning to get activated? Do you notice maybe an inclination to want to hold her, put your arm around her, console her? This is the same type of feeling Now we're activating that emotional center of your brain, the same type of feeling we want to move to towards ourself when we have that suffering. It's a way of healing our own nervous system. There's a power behind vulnerability. Sometimes we grow up with the messages that it's not okay to be vulnerable, that it's going to make us weak in some way or we'll be seen as weak. But until we take our armor down and expose ourselves, we can't heal ourselves. If I slid off a bike and scraped my leg with a very deep scrape, if I put a piece of armor over it and then the EMT came over or the doctor came over and and tried to heal it. They couldn't get beyond the armor. They wouldn't be able to heal the wound that was there. It would get infected. 
I would have to take the armor off for them to see it and to be able to clean it and to be able to put solve on it, what it needed in order to move towards healing. Us too, there's a power behind vulnerability. And that power is a sense of loving ourselves. And that love is a complete antidote to our stress. In fact, studies show that when we focus on caring about ourselves and loving ourselves and loving other people, we activate this 10th cranial nerve that connects our brains to our hearts called the vagus nerve. And that's measured by vagal tone, which is measured by heart rate variability. And so when our vagal tone is high, we tend to feel well, more resilient, more energetic. When it's low, we tend to feel more depressed and anxious. When we're actively caring about other people and ourselves, we increase that vagal tone. When we actively care about other people and focus on what's good about our lives as well, we live with a sense of purpose and meaning that's also been correlated with low inflammation of our cells. We just focus on pleasure, 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 and self-interest. That's focused on higher cellular inflammation, which is the epicenter of disease, physiological disease and mental disease. So we want to live a life with rich and compassion, compassion including ourselves, ourselves and other people. So good for us. 13th century Sufi poet Rumi said, don't turn away, keep your gaze on the bandaged place. That's where the light enters. So here's a tip for today. In order to heal our nervous system, we need to say to ourselves, hey, this is a tough moment in life, there's tough moments. But the key question here is, what do I need right now? So ask yourself that throughout the day. Ah, I'm, I'm bracing, my body's tense, there's stress here. Take a deep breath, do any of the stuff that we've been learning earlier to widen that space between stimulus and response. Then ask yourself the question, what is it I actually need right now? And begin to move towards that. We're going to do a practice right now that's going to be about mentally moving towards that. This is a short version of what's called a loving kindness practice. And it's all about turning towards yourself and another and wishing them well. So get in a comfortable position, either seated or lying down. Straight spine, take a deep breath. Notice your body, how it's feeling right now. If there's any bracing or holding, see if you can allow that to soften. I want you to picture, if you can in your mind's eye, a person that's really easy to care about. This could be a child or a family member, or it could even be somebody you don't even know, but who's been a mentor or a teacher to you. It could be an animal. As you're picturing this person in your mind's eye, what is it about this person or animal that you love so much, that you're so appreciative for? Consider what you'd wish for them. So maybe as you're picturing them in your mind, almost like sitting there with you, looking at them and saying, may you be happy. 
May you be healthy in body and mind. May you feel safe and protected from both inner and outer harm. May you be at peace, or whatever comes up for you. Just take a moment, a few moments, to repeat that with intention towards this person. And beginning now to reflect back towards yourself and bringing that inward towards yourself. May I too be happy, be healthy in body and mind. Feel safe and protected from both inner and outer harm. Be at peace, or maybe we can dip beneath the words even, and with the inhalation, breathing in these intentions, that sense of loving and kindness towards yourself, allowing it almost to breathe in through your heart. Imagining you two sitting together, looking out over the world, almost like you're looking out over a view of the entire world. And imagining this sense of loving and kindness, this sense of energy, spreading out with your exhalation around the people that you know and love and around the people that they know and love until that network spreads across the entire world. It's almost like you're breathing in one for me, breathing out one for everyone. Imagining that expanding throughout the entire globe. Just notice how you're feeling right now. Physically, emotionally, the quality of your attention. Imagine what would be possible in the days and weeks and months ahead if there's a greater sense of this in your life. So take this into your day, this sense of kindness, this sense of loving and caring, a sense of healing your nervous system. 
and when you're ready, I'll see you in the final lesson.